Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And before we jump into the really cool stuff that we're going to bring you today, we have a super important message for you. Did you hear that Brilliantly Resilient, the book is out in the world and it landed on the top 100 bestsellers list. That's where it debuted. We're so excited. Go get it at amazon.com. Search Brilliantly Resilient and you'll see it in Kindle and paperback. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are so excited today to have the most amazing guest to bring you. This is Trish Schallenberger and Trish is the founder of A Soldier's Hands. Trish, we're so happy that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful and honored to be here. Thank you. Well, we're so excited because I I was reading about your story and a couple of things right away jumped out at me, and I'm going to let you tell that story, but I loved two real things. One, about how you talk about this being a series of God winks, mm-hmm. how, this, how this all came to be. And, you know, on this show, we talk about um, people resetting after a sucker punch or a challenge and then rising and then revealing your brilliance. Not everybody's brilliance comes through because of a sucker punch. Sometimes it happens because of this amazing thing that God just kind of lands in your lap and you got to go, okay, I think I'm supposed to do something with this. So tell us a little bit about your story and tell us how this amazing journey got started. So I love this setup. So thank you for that. Because I say I didn't find this you know, I, I am the founder of this charity, but that I didn't find this, that this found me. Hmm. And so it all happened because there was an empty seat on an overbook flight. So I was, yes. So I was trying to fly from Texas to Philadelphia and there were storms going through the area. And so the airport just shut down and their lines were forming to get on the next flight because they were being canceled. And then the next flight. So all these people are trying to go standby. Um, They even asked if I would be willing to get off the flight and I declined. And for some reason during that week, I changed my seat in the flight, which I've never done before. Oh my gosh. Why? I don't know. So we finally boarded this flight. It was maybe three, three and a half hours late. And there's one empty seat on this flight and it happens to be next to me. So I'm by the window, the middle seat is empty, excuse me. And next to me is this young man who reminds me of Opie. Remember, <laughs> remember Opie? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you can picture him, right? Fair, um, freckled, uh, wonderful manners. And because that middle seat was empty, we had the opportunity to talk. So we put our stuff in the middle seat and pretty early on, I noticed that his hands were a mess. So the tops were really sunburned. So he's really fair, right? He's Opie, so he's really fair. And then 
the palms had these like quarter size whelps and it just looked so painful. So I got him hand cream, a travel size of hand cream. And he was so appreciative. He, in fact, he used the whole thing up before we landed. <clears throat> but because we had, that seat was empty, we could speak. And I kept peppering him with questions actually. And what I learned was that um, he'd been pulled out of Auburn University. He was going to school on an ROTC scholarship and his number had been called. So they were in Fort Hood, Texas, trying to get acclimated to the heat. Hmm. He said, cause it's hot here. And it was about a hundred. Um, he said, but we're on our way to Iraq. So this isn't so hot. Hmm. And he shared that he was third generation military. Um, he was as prepared as a 19 year old could be going to war. This is August 1st, 2007. And he said, you know, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm really afraid of being sunburned. He said, I can't, I can't handle Texas. How am I going to handle Iraq? How could he function? I mean, that's like a soldier needs his hands. Right. And so I said, his name was Mark. And I said, Mark, I'll take care of you. You know, he could have been my son. And I would hope someone would do this for my son. Right. I said, I'll take care of you. I'll send you stuff. Like I can do that. And he said, which is the reason we're having this conversation almost 14 years later he said, I appreciate that. He said, but I can't accept something from you knowing that not everyone's going to get a mail call. Mm. Wow. And that, hurt. Oh my gosh. that landed so hard because at that time our kids were little and I thought, what if Santa Claus came and brought two gifts for our four children? How would that get divvied up? Mm-hmm. So I instantly say, Mark, I'll send it to your whole unit. How many is in your unit? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, and that's he, a that's a full on commitment. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't talk, know what I'm getting into, but I'm all in. <laughs> I had no idea, and so he said 177. Oh my god! <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness! Oops. I said, you know, Mark, I don't really know how I'm going to do this, but I promise you that I will. You have my commitment, and I really didn't know how this was going to happen, but you know, our words are powerful. And when we say we're going to do something, we got to come to the plate. Mm -hmm. So that was the last thing I said to him when we departed off the airplane. You know, he went one way and I went the other. And I said, Mark, I don't know how I'm going to, how this is going to be accomplished, but you can count on me. You have my word. Wow. And so I came home and I told everybody I knew, I said, I made a commitment to this young man on an airplane, airplane. And you got to help me keep my word. And so Thanksgiving day, he emails me from Iraq. Is that amazing? That in itself. Yeah. And he says, you have to know today is the best day we've had here. And he said, I got to be Santa Claus and hand out a care package, knowing that every single member of my unit was going to get one. And he said, you have to know. And this part always gets me that there are grown men here crying Aww. because they hadn't gotten that mail call. Wow. So your oh, package so landed there, got there for Thanksgiving. Yes. What did you send? So we sent hand cream, of course, uh-huh. right? Sunscreen, 
a lip balm that had SPF, candy, because... Yay, candy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right? I'm like, who doesn't like to get that? <laughs> exactly. American candy in a, you know, in a war zone. Um, and then a letter. So we got uh, our elementary school. So three of our kids were in elementary school at the time. And we got their elementary school to write handwritten letters. Wow. So, wow. you know, he knew what he was talking about when he said, not everyone's going to get that mail call. Not everyone has someone at home that has their back. Yes. Yeah. And can you imagine in those circumstances, we think of things that, you know, you, you think of things that, that inspire envy in, uh, in other people, like, you know, a new car, a new house, whatever. These guys would have been not envious, but sort of like, oh, I wish I had some of hand cream and sunscreen mm-hmm. and lip balm. Like things that we walk into the drugstore and throw into our cart at the end of the, oh yeah, on my way out with my big stuff. Like, oh yeah, I'll get some of this. And we throw it in and we don't even think about it. But Mary Fran, it was more than what was even inside. And that's what I really came to appreciate. They did need this stuff and they don't have access to great stuff, but they were acknowledged. Yes. Mm -hmm. They were seen, they were appreciated, and they knew someone knew they were there. I love it. And I would think because of the gifts that you sent, they knew that someone knew what they were going through. And it wasn't just this anonymous, oh yeah, you're a soldier, here's the thing. But you, but somebody, you took the time with your conversation with Mark to know what their experiences were. So you were sharing in that a little bit and that had to almost take the gift giving little things to another level. Like, okay, somebody over there knows what we're going through. Exactly. And it was individually wrapped. So I think that they get things, but what happens is people put them in big boxes. Mm -hmm. They ship them over. If you happen to be on base at that time, then you're, then you get something. But if you're off on duty and you come back, many times the box is empty. So you don't even know that it happened. So we sent a hundred, I actually think we sent 185 just to make sure that everyone received one and they were individually wrapped. Wow. You know, coming from my dad was uh, in Vietnam and one of my four brothers is in the Air Force. And I remember the time that my brother, Matt, could not make it home for the holidays. And I thought about, you know, especially in our generation, it seems that the appreciation and gratitude is not is not there as heavily as it was a long time ago. Um and all I kept thinking was that he, he was away and we were sending him things, but what about all of the people that he's with that he would share, you know, and talk with them and, and share stories of us with them, but all of these people that didn't have that. And I watched, I just, you know, I was raised to really respect the commitment of soldiers and what they've done for us. And, and my other point here is that you you're passing that on to the next generation by having those elementary school kids involved in this because of all of the different political, you know, trying to be politically correct and remove certain things out of conversations these days, what's happened is people are forgetting about that commitment that soldiers give us. And now you're teaching these young kids to be a part of, of the gratitude circle. Exactly. And so that's become a piece of this where every single care package gets a handwritten letter. 
And so we broad, we've gone out. So we reach out to, to churches. We reach out to, to schools, to nursing homes that have time and want to be part of something. They have words and they can, they typically, they can, you know, write a handwritten letter. And so it brings people of all ages and all abilities to be able to also participate and give back, but it has become a platform. And so when, um, when I go into schools, when we could go into schools, um, and I had that platform, I would share about commitments. And when we make a commitment, how you have to follow through. So I still keep in contact with Mark. And he shared with me years later, he said, you know, when we got off the flight, I shared with my buddies that I met this lady on an airplane and she's going to send us care packages. Wow. So what do you think? What do you think they did? They went, yeah, right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure she is. (laughs) Exactly. And he said, they laughed at me. They thought I was a young, naive kid Mm -hmm. and right. So like, that's really going to happen. And he said on that Thanksgiving day, they're no longer laughing. So what if I hadn't followed through? Yeah. Right. So I take that message and share with children. Like, don't say you're going to do something and not do it. It's better to not say anything. So there's so many little lessons that have come out of this by just being faithful and following, following the next domino that falls. So I have, Kristen, do you have a question? No, go ahead. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts here. And one of them is this idea of, you talked about him being sort of naive. And to my mind, the most naive among us obviously are kids, but that trusting piece of this, there's so much about trust in your whole story that just reverberates all the way through. I mean, from from you meeting Mark and, and trusting at some point that it was a God wink, like <laughs> I want you to do something here um, to him, trusting you to the, you know, the kids trusting there's, there's so much about that, that reverberates through every piece of this. So given that how much time passed between when you met him and Thanksgiving And how much trust and how much did you have to just reach out and go, okay, God, you want me to do this? You got to help me here. Like, how did that go? Because that's a gargantuan task. Um, Excuse me. You know, I had to talk to everyone that I knew. Mm. And I, and it was humility. And I said, listen, I've made this commitment to this young man. And I have to follow through. Can you help me? And so I would share the story and, and, you know, people would give what they could give. And I knew it would happen. I guess that's also the faith piece. I knew it would happen. How long would it take for it to happen? You know, that was the piece that I didn't know. And my husband says, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure you can go on any flights by yourself anymore. (laughs) I'm not That's sure. Hilarious. Yeah. Is it it? Don't I'm talk not to strangers. Sure. You'll commit us to them forever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. You know what I love too? One of our, one of the biggest pieces of the, the tools of being brilliantly resilient that we talk a lot about is having a tribe. 
to be supportive and to lean on and to push you and, and all the importance of a tribe. But what I find really brilliant here is that you reached out to your tribe, all of your people to make this happen. But what you did as, as a tribe is empowered Mark and his tribe, his pack over there in Iraq to, I can imagine, I would love to talk to their commanding officers over there to hear about the morale and the teamwork that came out of something like that. So that, that was huge. So the commander of that unit was blown away. I can imagine. So what, ha so how Mark shares it is that he was on duty and all these boxes come and they're all addressed to him. And he's like, what the, what the heck is all this? Like he was waiting for Mark to come back so he could see what this is. And Mark said, you know, he kind of forgotten because it had been September, October, November. So three months he's mm -hmm. in this environment, which we don't yeah. even really know what that means. He's a paramedic. So what he's seeing you know, he kind of forgot about it. So he sees all this and he opens it up and then he's like, he remembers and he said, and then he shared this story with Captain Van Horn. And, and he's, he was like, you've just got to be kidding. I, there's one for everyone. And so he wrote me that day too. So I received an email from Mark and an email from the commander. And it was at that moment that I thought, oh my goodness, you know, we have to do this again. And so we did it again and we sent different products, but we sent stuff that was still going to help them with additional letters. And so when that unit came home, so I don't come from a military background, so all of this I've learned, but when they leave from one base, they come back to that base, regardless of where they're living. So right. they came back to Fort Dix, New Jersey, which was about an hour from where we lived at that time. And they invited us to come to their welcome home party. Wow. So we were the only civilians at this party, wow. if you will. Can wow. you imagine? So and did, did, did this stuff arrive on Thanksgiving Day? So I think it arose, it arrived, it arrived <laughs> a couple of days early, but okay. Mark got back to the so base he got back on thanksgiving day thanksgiving day that's unbelievable that again that's just part of the the god wink right part of the story yes wow. oh my gosh so this is this just blows me away every part of the story blows me away but to to connect <laughs> it to something you you also talk about and this is the faith piece you also talk about a steve jobs quote Mm. about connecting the dots. And I so love it because what you said, and, and I, I'm just saying what I remember here, you can't connect the dots in the present or the future. You can only connect the dots of the things that happened in the past. So the consequence of that is that you have to move forward and you have to take that action step and take that leap of faith. Well, you know, when we talk about this rise in this process, the thing that we talk about is your action step. You have to take an action step, but nobody knows what the result of that is going to end up being. So there is a huge leap of faith that goes with every part of this. And your whole story is full of that. Absolutely. 
because I was never going to have a charity. That wasn't a, that was never a thought. Mm -hmm. I just was taking care of Mark. And then someone from that unit, Glenn Furukawa, it reenlisted and reached out and said, do you think you could take care of my unit? And then I have a buddy, Stephen Hatcher, he's in a small paratrooper unit. Do you think you could take care of them? Wow. And so for years, people contacted me and they said, we hear that you're the, we don't even know how we got your name or number, but we hear you send care packages. Can you support this local, you know, this local young man? Wow. And so we kept following that dot. And, and I, I look at it as a, um, as a step that's just not quite firmly in the ground. And we would take that step trusting that we weren't going to fall. Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's incredible. And, and so this has, has this, has, has this blossomed? Has this stayed mainly with folks that you know, or has this gone to a larger I can't imagine it hasn't gone to a larger scale. And that's the other thing. People send me money that I don't know. Huh. Wow. Think about that. They trust that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, which I do, but they don't know that. Right. Um, so yes, it's filled with people that I, that I don't know that want to be part of something that's larger than themselves whether it's volunteering their time or volunteering their finances. Wow. I'm so happy to, to hear this mission of yours. Cause like I said, the, the way that soldiers are, are um, not necessarily treated, but the gratitude that doesn't seem to be there anymore. And you're really fostering such gratitude and love for their work and their, their everything that they give up. And who knows? I mean, I know that they all probably have an individual story of why they enlisted and whether they're running from or running to, or need to be equipped or need to be stripped of like, who knows? They all have their own individual stories. And for my dad, I mean, he was, he was drafted and he had one person that believed in him. And that was my mom because everyone else at that time, if you know, of course we all remember back to Vietnam, they were against all of that. Nobody right. was pulling for him, but one person, that's all it took was one person pulling for him. And he, to this day says that being in the service changed his life. And he's not many people say that about being in Vietnam. And I think that's where I got my DNA of being brilliantly resilient because his perception of something like that, because he had one person supporting him, um, was positive. Right. Right. And for some people, we are that one person. Exactly. That's my point. Yes. yes. They might not have anybody yes. else, but they just need one person. Right. Right. And that's the motivation. That's what keeps taking that blind step forward mm -hmm. is because we all need that one person. Hmm. I remember getting a letter from a man, again, I don't know. And he said he was in Vietnam and he said, I sure wish that, you know, you were around then. Yeah. But I'm glad you're here now or, you know, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you've reached, I mean, obviously these, these folks have reached out to you. Have you, have you maintained contact with some of them? Obviously Mark. Um, and like, what are their stories like now? Have they come back? Have they, what difference has your, do you think 
your outreach made in some of their lives? Obviously, it's made a huge difference in yours. Do you <sighs> see the effects in their lives, in any of their lives? So, Mark, for sure, because he, you know, he came back, not the same person that left. Mm-hmm. And it took years for him to even be able to, to share his story. Um, that here's another Godwing for you. So it's, it's Veterans Day 2016. And a high school teacher that I had, and I'll, this is sharing my age, in 1982. <laughs> okay, Let's see if you can follow this. 1982, Jordan Adair teaches me. He is now teaching in Durham Academy. And he holds this veterans affair, you know, seminar or assembly for his school. So he asked if I would be willing to share the soldier's hand story. And I said, well, you know, why don't we see if Mark is available? Mark lives in Chapel Hill, which is right next door. Wow. So Jordan, my old English teacher introduces me. And then I have the opportunity to share about this story about this young man I met on a flight with next to one empty seat. And then I get to introduce Mark. And then Mark gets to share his story to 400 kids. Wow. That was so, he said it was so, it was cathartic for him. It was therapeutic for him to be able to share his story. And he had, he said he had a whole script, but he didn't look at it. And he just spoke from his heart. And he said the healing that came from that, he said, if if it had been a couple months before, he wouldn't necessarily been prepared to be able to share that at that time. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months late, he moved later, he moved to Oregon. Oh, my goodness. So there was a slot, there was a time and a place that it worked. And for him, that that also changed his life and he, and it helped pull it all together. Wow. You know, this hits on so many of the things that we talk about in being brilliantly resilient. Um, the, one of the first things that we tell people all the time, if you don't know where your brilliance lies, be of service, Mm. find a way to be of service because when your heart is in something, you give the best of yourself to that. And that is where Mm. all of your skills and talents and even things that you didn't know were skills and talents, you know, start to rise to the surface. So, you know, that's the one piece that, um, that I wanted to talk about. And then, you know, there's this, this whole idea of not being married to an outcome and recognizing (sighs) that when you start, something, this is what you may intend it to be. And it may fulfill some of that, but it may not. And allowing the thing to evolve and become what it is not only allows you to, 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 you know, create something brilliant in the present, but as you just said, in that last story, it allows for those serendipitous moments that may be years away from when you first begin, but it allows for all of those things to evolve and come to fruition. And there's just so many parts of what you say that talk about these things that we talk about and being brilliantly resilient. So I, I just want to appreciate and acknowledge each of those pieces. Thank you. Yes. And, and you know what? I don't think that big. I, I don't. No, we don't. We don't. Right. right. Do what's in front of you. But I think it bears pointing out that if you allow this to happen, look at what beauty comes from it. 
Exactly. Yes, exactly. And the more people that you can impact on the way. You know, I'm sitting here almost laughing because I, you know, I started a a nonprofit years ago. And if I would have known back then where it was going to take me, (laughs) I would have curled up in a ball and (laughs) never gotten up off the floor. Right. And I'm just sitting here thinking about your face your family, if you would have come off the plane and said, we're going to take over all the soldiers, you know, they would have been like, lock her up. <laughs> we don't have that kind of manpower. So it's so fun for people. I want people to understand that if you, it's actually a good thing. A lot of times when you don't know where this is headed, good. Yes. <laughs> you might have a stroke. Just one little step at a time. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. And my husband said I wasn't allowed to go on a plane after the first 177. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so now we're over 15,000. So yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So he, he just, he just kind of just rolls with the punches because <laughs> he's not sure exactly what's going to happen, but it's all good. So Imagine he yeah, wants to call the FAA and say, get her on a do not fly list. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas, please. <laughs> you know what? It is so important, though, to just do that one thing that's right in front of you. Because we can have the biggest plans in the world, but we don't know what's coming next. We don't know, you know, how much time we have. We don't know where things are going to go. So the beauty in all of this is that you were given moments. And with each moment, you made a decision to take one action step that led to the next thing, that led to the next thing. And by keeping it, as Kristen said, don't think too much about where this is going. Just do what's right in front of your face. But by keeping it in that sort of little controllable spot, you did what you could do. And then you did the next thing. And then you did the next thing. And that is how brilliant things are done. Mm-hmm. They're not done all at once. Nobody gets that. Like it doesn't, it's these little things that you build upon. And that's what your story just completely shows to everyone. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. And it's taught me also just what can I do today to move the needle just a little bit forward? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a huge, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. But if we're taking, if we're just moving forward just a little bit, then eventually, right, you'll get to where you're you're trying to go. You don't have to eat the elephant in one big bite. some people want to not a good idea i know everyone listening is on the edge of their seat now and wanting to and wanting to go right on their phone and figure out how they're probably googling right now the name of your foundation all that how can they reach out to you and and see all of this in action and be a part of it well thank thank you for asking so um they can go to our website which is a soldiershands.org our contact information is on there you know they can um you know, volunteer. So there's lots of pieces that go into that. So the product is one piece, the letters are another. So our goal this year is 5,000 care packages. That means 5,000 letters. Wow. That's a lot of letters. Um, The other thing I wanted to share with you guys is we put this in, can you guys see that? Mm -hmm. It's a star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, everyone gets a star in their care package. And what it says is, I'm a part of our American flag. I've flown over home in the USA, but I can no longer fly. 
<clears throat> excuse me, the sun and wind have caused me to come tattered and torn. Please carry me as a reminder that you're not forgotten. Wow, yeah. that's beautiful. So they've earned this, right? Mm -hmm. You've earned this, Kristen, because your family was in the service. Mm -hmm. People that ha don't have family in the service or um, weren't personally, they don't get this. Mm -hmm. So My this is in the service. Can I get one? You betcha. You betcha. So you've earned, so it's a, it's an earned thing, and it's a beautiful way to repurpose the flag. So when flags are too old and they can't fly, we get them, we cut them up, we put them in these little bags, and then they go in the care packages. And we've received notes that say, you know, we I put this inside my helmet. I have it in my pocket. It's mm. small. It's tactile. Again, it's another thing to say, you know, I recognize you. I acknowledge you. We've got what your back. beautiful touchstone to everything mm. that is important. So this was, um, I, this idea came from, um, her name is Esther Wolfer and her son was killed in action. And her foundation is, she has this dandelion puck. So, you know, when you blow a dandelion and then they, mm -hmm. so that's her way of keeping um, her son Stuart's memory alive. Mm -hmm. So it's a double win in that point. Yeah. Um, so they can send us flags. They can cut the stars up. That would be even better and send us just the stars. Um, and then they can donate money. So um, I do have a virtual assistant and that's the only person that gets paid. And other than that, we're all volunteers. So your money is going towards making these happen each unit at a time. So we work unit by unit. Wow. This is well, just making my heart leap because cool. I just was raised in such a patriotic family. It's been, it's been hard the past couple of years to see the stuff that goes on and how that kind of gets torn back and forth. And you guys are keeping that, that patriotic and gratitude and love going forward. So one of the guys that was in Mark's original unit, his name is Todd Till. Um, I went, so th this unit had me come back to Alabama so when they, they have this decommissioning ceremony, they invited me to this ceremony to be part of the ceremony. Can you imagine that? Wow. And I stayed in Todd's home with his family and it was, it was so, it was wonderful. Yes. Well, Todd and his, Todd is reenlisted or he was in the guard rather. And so his unit was called up. So he's on the border of Syria and Northern Iraq mm. right now. Mm. Wow. wow. Right now. And so that's the next unit that we're working on. And so many times we don't have a connection to who it is, who it's going to. And it doesn't really matter because there's someone's mother or brother, right? There's someone's family. This one is kind of special to me. And so um, to put a face to it, it's, it's like going back to Mark again. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. But it's, but that's, but that piece is important, you know, and just acknowledging them. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. Although I do, um, I did, um, <laughs> he's of course a big Alabama fan. And when Alabama was doing well in the March Madness, I texted him and, and he texted back, which it's just so fascinating. And, you know, it, they're leaving it all on the line. I see all the things that he's missed yeah. because I'm friends with his family while he's been gone and you don't get that time back. Right. Right. Yeah. Their sacrifice is 
huge. And I'm so, I'm so appreciative that you guys acknowledge that and, um, and keep them moving forward and know that they're appreciated. It makes all the difference in the world. It does. It does. You know, suicide is, is, is rampant among the military. Mm -hmm. And I can't say we're helping to prevent them, but what if we are? What if that one piece of acknowledgement says, okay, my life is worth something. Mm -hmm. Someone thinks I'm worth it. Yeah. If it Across saves one life, then, then that's, that puts more fuel to the fire to continue awesome. and see always, where God takes this. Always take action on the side of doing good. And, and even if it's that little step that you don't, again, you don't be married to the outcome. You don't know how it's going to end up. You, you put your heart into it and you be of service and you end up being brilliantly resilient, whether that was your intention or not. <laughs> Thank you. I've never thought that brilliantly way. resilient by complete accident, but it wasn't because it was a God wink. So exactly. exactly. This has just been such a moving, delightful, wonderful, heartwarming conversation. And I know everybody is going to want to reach out to you and get involved. And thank you for taking that leap and taking that, um, you know, that step and, and giving everybody, not just the soldiers that you've helped, but us too, such a gift. And I have to say real quick here, when, when I, when I first heard about you, you know, a soldier's hands, I just thought, you know, the hands of a soldier, little did I know it was literally because of a soldier's hands yeah. that this started. So, you know, even the littlest thing can lead us to do great things if we accept those God winks and take that step. So thank you for that. So, you know how that the name came about? We're a friend of mine. We're working on a project. And she said, you know, I guess this is six years in. She said, I guess we probably need to name this thing. Now, we were not a nonprofit at the time. Mm -hmm. And we're working, you know, across from each other. And she said, what about a soldier's hands? It started with Mark's hands. And I said, okay. And I just continued working. And that's how, that's the name. That's how <laughs> like, I just got stuff to do. That's great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> exactly. Let's move on to the next thing. Check. Don't need to overthink it. Check. Name. <laughs> yes. It is perfect. So the last thing I just want to say is that the other reason this happened was because of Mark. Hmm. So if Mark had said, thanks for the sunscreen, I really appreciate that. That would have been the end of the story. You're exactly right. Yeah. But he thought about his military family, which was his unit. Um, and he shared with me years later that he said, you know, as a paramedic, I got to know them. Um, on a personal basis. And I knew it, I knew their backstory mm. and I knew that there was no one there that was going to send them something. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, for a 19 year old to have that vision, that wider vision and compassion, because, you know, it, it, young people very, can be very myopic. And for him to have that vision, it, it is a God wink. I mean, you were put there together for this very reason and purpose. So Trust the God winks, people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. This Thank is you. Such a delightful conversation. Everybody check uh, Trish out. Check out A Soldier's Hands. Get involved. Help her out. And if you need some ideas on how to be brilliantly resilient yourself, check us out at brilliantlyresilient.net. Um, what do we have for them? Okay. We have stuff, I'm right? I'm actually going to even take it one step further and say, I, I'm now on this. Let's keep going with this patriotic and, and um, what Trish has fostered here with gratitude. I'm going to say, go to the website and check out our show page. 
search Tiffany Smiley and go watch that episode again. And Trish, I'd like to connect you and, and Tiffany, her, her husband had come back from Iraq um, and was blinded in, in mm. the war, stayed on as active duty. And then they went and served their country in all different ways. And now she's actually going to run for it. She's running for Senate because of their commitment to this country. And I think you guys would be a really good pair up, but I want everybody to go and, and listen to that episode. Now that you've listened to this one and keep this, this gratitude and patriotism going. So there you go. There's your marching orders, people. There you go, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much for that is where you can. Thanks find for joining us, everybody. We will, uh, we will catch you all next time on the next episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. Trish, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you all soon. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.